0: Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise. I'm here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast, uh, where we talk about things that are of interest to an embedded developer. This week, my special guest is Dima Feldman, and he is the Vice President of Product Management at Altair Semiconductor. How are you, Dima?
1: It's pretty good. It's nice to be here, Rick. And no more other semiconductors. We have been renamed to Sony lately.
0: Well, that's a very interesting development. Thank you for correcting me. I apologize for that. Um, so what I want to talk to you about is what I've been reading about the, what you guys actually do has to do with cellular IoT. And before we get into what that means to a developer, um, to set the baseline, what is your definition of cellular IoT? What does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question. Uh, I start I, with IoT. IoT is uh, Internet of Things, or a way to connect uh, different things or devices, and therefore cellular IoT is when we connect those devices using cellular networks, same network that is used by our smartphones. Now we can connect things with this network.
0: But is that the most reliable method of uh, of doing connections? You know. Um depending on your specific application, if you're in the industrial arena, for example, is is, is that really the way you want to connect?
1: I think there could be some, um, maybe some exceptions, but I would start with this is the most valuable and the most widely available way to connect devices, especially when we go outside of specific premises, if it's a factory or our own home, and we won't deploy it in a global scale like within a city or a country or a campus, then the most affordable way is cellular network because it's there.
0: Now, I would think that 5G would be a huge benefit to this technology in that the, the bandwidth is significantly higher, the, the reliability is higher, but we still have to do the rollout. Is, is, is that fair?
1: Well, it's a good question, and, uh, but a little bit, uh, 5G is a big topic. When people speak about 5G, they talk uh, either about enhanced mobile broadband, which is super high throughput, and probably this is what you mentioned, mm-hmm. but it also comes with a pretty high power consumption and cost associated with it. The other pillar would be for 5G would be industrial IoT or ultra low latency, like vehicle to infrastructure. And the third pillar of 5G is what we call Massive IoT. And I think the interesting thing is that today networks are actually answer all the criterias of Massive IoT. So whatever we do now, will live with existing 4G network and it's Mm -hmm. going to be part of 5G network in the future. And it's also extremely important topic because today we deploy devices that has to be in field for 15 or 20 years like water meters, for example. And therefore, whatever we do now, it's actually 5G IoT already.
0: But you're talking about applications that don't require the bandwidth of a 5G, for example. So does it even make sense to incur the expense of a 5G?
1: No, it's a good point, no. And uh, the, expen- the there is a substantial expense of uh, what what is called ultra ultra broadband 5G, which is the smartphones. But for the IoT, there is a, what we do today, CATM and NB is actually defined as a 5G technology for IoT Mm -hmm. for a transmitting small amount of data. And therefore what we do now is a part of 5G vision already. And we still meet the power and the cost requirements, which are essential to boost this market to billions of devices we expect.
0: Now I can make the argument that you could do that stuff with a low power WAN like LoRa where the costs are significantly lower um, (coughs) and the power is significantly lower. Does that make sense?
1: Uh, Well, I can also make an argument and say it's not more expensive than LoRa and the power consumption is not worse than LoRa and actually better in many cases. But the availability is much bigger. And I think LoRa would make sense for well-defined compounds. If I think of a campus or a farm, so you can put the antenna in the farm and connect all the sensors to that antenna. And I think for this use case, LoRa is great. But now if I am a municipality or electricity meter company, and I want to make sure that every meter in the city is connected, LoRa is not reliable enough. It's not deployed well enough. It uses uh, unlicensed spectrum. Therefore, this means no, quality, no guaranteed quality of service. And I think for those scenarios, Seller IoT is a much, much better solution. Okay. Without compromising on cost and power.
0: Okay. I could certainly buy that argument. Um, so what is it that you guys do specifically? And is is it, what is the specific name? Are you the Sony Group company? How does yeah.
1: That work? Yeah, maybe history. The company is actually was called Altera Semiconductor. We have been acquired by Sony four years ago. And... Uh, Actually, it was very interesting acquisition being acquired by Japanese companies, totally different from US company. And we kept our name for four years, Altair Semiconductor. Mm -hmm. And we have changed just recently to Sony Semiconductor Israel. And I think it's, it's nice because it represents us being, it really shows we are part of Sony. And for IoT being part of big company and have their relevant financial background, and backup is important because you really have to deploy devices for 20 years. And this is difficult, more difficult to do with a small, smaller company. So this is uh, what we do as a, this is why we call it uh, Sony now. Okay.
0: And what is it, what is it exactly that you guys do?
1: What we do is uh, we do the chipset for the cellular IoT. We do the chip that is built to all those devices that can do the communication to the cellular network and it can do the positioning, it can do edge processing. So if I am a meter, I can do a metering or if it's a smoke detector, I can run an algorithm of a smoke detector, our customer will. Mm -hmm. And maybe the last piece that we have added into this chipset, uh, the plastic SIM cards we had once, now it's part of our silicon. So we no longer need additional SIM card for the connectivity. And our vision is uh, to provide all the silicon solution you need for those edge devices for IoT.
0: Okay. From a geographical perspective, which part of the world is furthest along with this technology?
1: I would say uh, it's the cellular the IoT is most advanced today in Japan, North America, and Korea. Mm-hmm. Also, Australian carriers are extremely aggressive. Tesla has been known to deploy one of the fir- first technologies usually. They did it with IoT. They did it with 5G. And I think Europe is uh, picking up.
0: Very good. Very
1: good. Yeah, so, could, yeah. So, I think over two years we had some delays, but with the with the network enablement. But now covering U.S., Europe, Japan, China. Actually, forgot China. It's not a nice thing.
0: You can never forget China.
1: Never forget China. China. Never forget China. <laughs> uh, so, China is also leading. Perhaps somehow different technology skills, but they actually they do invest a lot in this segment as well. So, I would say. North America, Europe, China, Japan and Korea and Australia. So it's actually pretty much in most countries that can afford uh, those additional technology advancements.
0: Very good. Well, thank you very much, Dima. This has been very educational for me.
1: Oh, sure. Thank you. Very interesting questions, and I hope to have another
0: session soon. Very good. That was Dima Feldman. He is the Vice President of Product Management at Sony Semiconductor, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Dima.
1: Thank you, Rich, you too.